Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode of All I Want for Christmas is This Podcast is brought to you by the TV Guide Podcast Network and Survivor Brothers, the ultimate unofficial podcast. Join TV Guide Survivor superfans Fox Van Allen and Lance Cartelli every week as they dig deep into season 39 of the hit CBS competition reality show, Survivor. You'll get interviews with your favorite Survivor castaways, strategy deep dives, unique insights, and more. It's the perfect way to keep up with Survivor 39, Island of the Idols. So subscribe to Survivor Brothers the ultimate unofficial podcast from TV Guide now, wherever you stream your podcasts. Season's greetings and welcome to TV Guide's All I Want for Christmas is This Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Lechner, and I'm jingle bell rocking into your podcast feed every Tuesday and Thursday this holiday season to break down the must-watch seasonal films you need to see this year. And today, I am joined by fellow TV Guide contributor and fellow TV Guide podcaster, Lance Cartelli, and we are talking about Hallmark's new holiday original, Christmas in Rome, starring Lacey Joubert. Welcome to the show, Lance. Thanks for having me. It's about time I was asked on. I, I wanted to wait until December because now, you know, there's some people out there who have been resisting these movies, even though we've been in it since before Halloween. But now is truly the time that we can all admit how much we love these films and we're watching them 24-7. Yeah, I've had my fair share of arguments with people about when you should start decorating and celebrating Christmas. I'm November 1st kind of guy, so mm-hmm. I know you're... We're November 1st exactly. in my household as well. But now we're officially in it, and it's a short season this year, only three weeks until holiday break. So it's it's time to watch as many of these movies as you can. And that's what I'm doing now that I'm in the Christmas spirit, thanks to Christmas in Rome. Well, welcome to the club. And uh, you've requested this movie of a few different ones that we were um, talking about because Hallmark alone released several originals over the Thanksgiving weekend, and that's not the only network dropping these movies. Um, are you a Lacey Chabert fan? I am. Ever since, you know, Party of Five, just been a big fan of hers, a uh, big Mean Girls fan, too. And, yes. you know, I've never been to Italy, but Rome looks amazing. So how could I say no? Yeah. So let's launch right into it. So Lacey Chabert starred this season in Christmas in Rome. And Lacey plays an independent-minded American tour guide named Angela, who is fired from her job in Rome just before Christmas. She crosses paths with an American executive named Oliver, played by Sam Page, who wants to buy a high-end Italian ceramics company. Oliver hires Angela to be his tour guide around the Eternal City, as the owner of the ceramics company won't sell it to him until he learns, quote, the heart and soul of Rome, unquote. But is there another heart and soul that he may win? Ooh. And that is that is the film. Uh, I was excited to see this was set in Rome um, because it seems like an honorable position at Hallmark to be the one chosen to do a destination movie. A lot of these are shot in Canada or small town environments. So the fact that it has that Roman holiday feel and they got to go abroad meant it was a special one. And there are scenes shot in yeah, you knew it was recognizable gonna, locations. You knew it was going to be nice when they actually were in Rome. And like you said, on location, uh, doing a little bit of internet research, I did see that it's primarily filmed in Romania. 
but they did also obviously record in Rome. In Rome. So. Okay, and like Romania kind of sounds like Rome. Yeah, it's got Rome in there. So much, it's so. similar. <laughs> so instead of doing Vancouver, which is like the go-to for Hallmark movies, which is like the Rome of Canada. Yeah, I would agree. Um, they went to Rome itself and Romania to shoot this movie. Um, so the establishing shots up top, everything looked beautiful and I was excited. I do like seeing the small town settings in a lot of these Hallmark movies, but this one felt like going on a vacation. Yeah, I wanted to actually see a little bit more. I wanted some more like helicopter over the bird's eye view shots and everything just of Rome because that was really one of the highlights of the film. Yeah, it was just seeing how beautiful it was. And we kind of kick off the movie with Angela slash Lacey. <laughs> I'm probably just going to call her Lacey. That'll um, make it easier. Why not? Yeah, being fired from her tour guide job. It was one of those scenes where she was essentially fired for being too good of a tour guide see I have a I have another outlook on this I think she deserved to be fired okay please please inform us if, as uh, <laughs> if you're paying attention in the beginning you know she gets canned for sneaking a tour in after hours okay that kind of goes for what you were saying how she's too good but she also borrowed a sword which is True. weird uh, she fed someone gluten even though they have a gluten allergy and she also lost a rugby player on one of her tours so I think all that in a matter of a month she might have deserved it yeah, it's when I saw it up top, I mean, they kind of presented as she goes above and beyond, which is why she's being fired. It did seem like one of those nice things of like, we don't want to say the hero or heroine in the movie isn't good at something. So it's like you're being let go because you tried too hard. Yeah, <laughs> they had to show how good she was. But, you know, if you lose somebody and then if you almost poison somebody, I guess they kind of got to go. Yeah. So there were some reasons. So Angela loses her job early in. Um, then we also set up that a businessman played by Sam Page, who I was not familiar with his work previously to this movie. I was, just came in as a Lacey fan. Um, he's a, a big American businessman who only cares about work, um, which is a storyline we've seen before. Um, he was very believable in this role. Yeah, I agree. He uh, It's almost like he's never been to Italy or anything. Because one of the one things that really stuck out to me was he didn't know how to do much of anything for this guy that's obviously successful and rich. He couldn't really order coffee. Couldn't even, you know, get around town, even though obviously he doesn't speak Italian. It was definitely believable, though. Yeah, he looked like someone I've seen in many an airport. Um, it was surprising that he came in as a savvy businessman, but just neglected to understand that there are cultural differences when traveling abroad, which seems surprising, like he'd only done business in the Northeast or something. That was one of the one things that really stuck out to me is how surprised he was, like, oh, my God, there are cultural differences. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's like, like, come on, man, read a book, get outside a little bit, do use, something. Use Google. They probably have someone at their company who helps with that specifically. Um, but he comes in to acquire this ceramics company, which I'm still like piecing together somewhat what the ceramics company does. They paint, I think, hand-painted dishes as well as Christmas ornaments are yeah. the two things that we see. Plates Pretty much, and yeah. Ornaments. Yeah, it, it was a, a weird business to send somebody you know, across the the pond to do this and to obviously put a lot of resources into and you don't really know what they do but the ornaments they are really nice they were very pretty i think similar to marion bright from earlier in the season which was a, a candy cane company that needed help it did seem like a very niche business or specialty business especially since these were hand-painted ceramics yeah. so i'm assuming maybe it's high end it's got to be high end and that must be why because otherwise what is why would this big business care so much about acquiring it? Yeah, I'm just glad that we didn't get to see like the inner machinations of it where, 
you know, they buy it, but then they want to clean everybody out. They want to yeah. close down like the <laughs> shops and everything and just do it out of what, like a small little business and stuff. Yeah, this is one of those movies where so we're supposed to root for we know that they will only sell the company to someone who, quote unquote, understands the heart and soul of Rome, um, which Oliver needs to try to do in order to acquire it on behalf of his bosses. But we are essentially watching a movie where we are rooting for a corporate takeover to happen by the end, I which th- felt very different. I wrote that in my notes, too. A fired tour guide who's starting a small business helps a large corporation buy a small business. You know, capitalism, baby. Yeah. Even though you're hoping this one guy will just essentially just get better at networking, he's you know he's acquiring the business on behalf of his bosses. Yeah. So it's not like he's keeping it in a family yeah. So much. Yeah, and they just care about profits. You know, he's even a little shocked when he finds out that they don't really care about profits and how quickly they're manufacturing these things. Yes. So he comes in um, early in the movie and he crosses paths with Angela, the fired tour guide. She is overly helpful to him because I don't feel like he seemed especially charming early in. He just seemed like a businessman in a rush who was kind of rude. But she helps him get to his destination. She gets a free lunch out of it and then becomes his private tour guide. Um, just a couple minor like tour guide notes. Um, her, I, I know she's just like a petite woman, so that must be why opposite her leading men, but her heel, her booted heels are so high. Um, and she's giving walking tours. And I just wanna say like, Lacey, that's not the right move, girl, because I've worn. <laughs> See, that was never on my radar. Things like that, no. <laughs> never on my radar, so I'm glad you said that. That didn't stick out to me, but looking that is a good footwear, note. Looking at footwear, looking at outfits. I've gone on a walking tour or two in my day, and like that would be very uncomfortable. You're talking blisters, because I've had those days where I'm like, you know, I'm out and about seeing the sights, but I want to look cute on the gram. I wonder if I should wear some boots with a slight heel, and like you will be paying for it later, <laughs> because I've done it myself. Yeah, that doesn't sound too forgiving or anything. So, but you know, she's a professional, so yeah. we got to trust her. So she's just bu- she's built up that um, ability. Um, the other thing, you may disagree, so I'd like to hear what you think of it. If someone is traveling abroad to Rome, do you want an American tour guide, even if she really knows a lot about Rome? No, I don't think so. You want to get <laughs> somebody who is from there, and you know, has gives you the little backroads. Obviously, she is kind of from there and gives you like the actual tour of Rome and everything. But now you want to you want to go. It's kind of like staying in a hotel versus like an Airbnb. You want to go for the Airbnb and really get the experience of it. Yeah. I, even though she's clearly like knows and loves the city so much and she is fluent in English, which is helpful to a, a foreign traveler who might not speak Italian. I just I don't know. I did. I don't know if I would want to sign up for her tour. Like when I went to Boston, my tour guide was dressed in revolutionary garb. Like he really went for it, you know, yeah. so he wasn't just from Boston. He was like from the time period. That yeah. I wanted to learn about. You want people to really Really lean into it. Yeah. So I, you know, I do have some questions about whether we should do, you know, go on Angela's tour to begin with, but she seems very competent and she clearly loves the city. So she starts showing Oliver around town and how to learn to love Italy. They hang out with Luigi Forlinghetti, who owns the ceramics can, company. Can you think of a more Italian name than that? It's it is perfect. It is the most perfect Italian name. Played by Franco Nero, who has the most captivating eyes that I've ever seen. Great eyes. My, yeah. yeah. You can get lost in them um, and just learning a bit more about what the company entails and how Oliver can learn to love Italy and embody Italy, um, which means we're going to get some montages. But first, I, I love some montages. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. We are talking Christmas in Rome. So we get some montage scenes. Lacey makes a point of immediately throwing Oliver's tour book in the trash, his Lonely Planet edition or whatever he bought at the hotel. And she throws it in the garbage and says, I'm going to show you the hidden gems of Rome that no one else sees. And then she takes him to Trevi Fountain and everywhere else that everyone else goes. That was probably on the top 10 list anyways. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of says he wants to do the top 10 of Rome. She says, I'm going to show you some hidden things. It seems like they probably do kind of just hit the top 10 and maybe a couple unexpected, like her favorite coffee spot or something. Yeah. But we also get the view over the seven hills and everything. But she says it's her secret spot, but there are a plethora of people there. That's not very secret yeah. at, at all. Yeah, there are other people around. So I don't know how much of her tour is hidden gems, but it is certainly personalized, I guess. You're just getting the attention from that one tour guide specifically. Um, we do get something in this movie that um, I was very excited to discuss in A Night Before Christmas on Netflix, which is we do get a flirty baking scene. Um, one of the ways that she teaches him to, uh, you know, learn to do business with the ceramics company is to adhere to the etiquette so she brings a guide for Louis uh, gifts for Luigi's grandchildren and then when they're invited to dinner she says that you should bake something to go to dinner with Luigi to prove how much you know about Italy so they bake fruitcake together um, Lacey and Oliver's characters um, I am just going to go out on a limb and say I've had fruitcake and I don't care for it. it fruitcake is awful. <laughs> I don't know that that's the move I would go for. That should be thrown in the trash like the tour guide top 10 thing was. Yeah, I know it's maybe customary and associated with the season, but the fruitcake I've had, first of all, it's not its not really fruit. It's like chewy, tacky consistency. It's like something that will pull a filling out. Yeah, and you hear, <laughs> you hear fruitcake and you think, oh, I love both of those things, so it should be good, and it's not. Yeah, and I'm team bread. I oh, love bread. Yeah. Um, so I want to get behind this Christmassy loaf. But honestly, like, I don't know, maybe a truffle, a tiramisu, a cannoli, uh, just a standard cake. All of those sound way better. Cookies, uh, lasagna. I'll go on for days. <laughs> Spaghetti. I, don't know. I really want a cannoli right now. Garlic bread to oh, go yeah. with whatever dinner you're eating. I don't know. Um, but fruit bread, I'm not team fruit bread, but I am team flirty baking scenes. And this was a great way to get the two characters together as soon as possible. Yeah, you just kind of saw it coming. Like, just in the back, it's all set up for them and everything. My favorite part was when they're uh, pounding the bread and they accidentally touch hands and they kind of just realize after, like, 15 seconds of it, it's like, oh, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, Lacey takes on the showing him how to knead bread, which, yeah. like, even if you're not a baker, I'm sure he could figure out how to knead bread. Yeah. But they just needed to hold hands in yeah. that moment. Well, he did do a nice job of building that rock of the dough. Yes. Yeah. So if you guys have opinions on which flirty baking scene is your top this year, please tweet at us. All I want pod. I want to hear from you. In A Night Before Christmas, we see the night teaching Vanessa Hudgens to need. This time, gender swap. Lacey is teaching 
Oliver slash Sam Page to need bread. Um, but it's just an easy way to get two people together in a movie. Either get them on an ice rink and have one be a little clumsy yeah. and the other be more confident or get them in a kitchen. I did appreciate this more than their meet cute because right when he got out of the car, he kind of just bumps into her. And, you know, you see that a lot. I, yeah. I wanted something a little more original, but this was a nice little touch. Yeah. Meet cutes are difficult when someone just like aggressively hit somebody yeah, shoulder checks them in the street because you're just like uncomfortable though at the same time I like living through the flirty baking scenes but in real life I don't think it's um, realistic Lance you're sitting opposite some cookies that I baked for you today um, which our listeners are probably very jealous of um, and when I bake at home I ask everyone to vacate the premises because I get hot and mad <laughs> Oh, I thought it's because you might burn down the place or no, something. No, I like when it's hot in the kitchen, there's too many things going on and I can't like have anyone in my radius. So I tell people to please like get away. Um, and so, do they listen to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Because I'm in charge of the hot oven. Um, so no one <laughs> wants to be near that. So, yeah, I love seeing in these movies that everyone seems to have it together and their hair looks fine and they're not hot and upset and there isn't flour all over the floor. Uh, so I can live vicariously yeah. through these kitchen scenes. I would, I would get like dough in my eyes and just flour <laughs> everywhere. Who even knows? But I'm with you. That uh, I would love to look that good while, you know, needing some bread. Yeah. So it brings the two of them closer together. Um, they bring the bread to the dinner and Luigi seems to really be taken with Oliver's character and believes that in these what I think he has four total days he's supposed to be in Rome. So they're moving pretty fast, but he's apparently learning enough about the heart and soul of Rome that Luigi is starting to respect him a bit more. Thankfully. And it's just kind of crazy that this guy that wasn't going to leave his hotel room pretty much now has all the time in the world to just understand Rome and Roman culture and everything like that. Yeah. And to get to know Angela a little bit better. So yeah. he takes her out twice in this movie, one of which is to a dinner between the two of them. And one is to the fancy dinner with Luigi. There's also these two American investors who are in the movie. I guess I'll just briefly mention them, but I don't know how like pivotal their plot lines are. <laughs> Um, or why they're needed at all. But I guess they helped make the business connection. Yeah, they're the business connection, and you know they allow for uh, Angela to have her, her new form business. Yes, they're her investors. Um, so those characters are also present at the dinner. Um, another thing I'm going to point out, Lance, let's see if you picked up on this, but this is what stuck out to me. So Lacey goes on two dinners with Oliver slash Sam Page's character. One is this, like, dinner with some investors and Luigi and one is just a one-on-one -on -one date kind of dinner in both of these dinners she is wearing a red dress they're not the same red dress they're very similar cut up top but one is like body hugging red dress and then the second one is poofy at the bottom and I'm just going to make a statement that I don't think most people out there would get two such two similar looking red dresses like this where it's like basically the same cut but a little bit different like the budget the closet space that you would have I just don't know that you could justify unless your whole closet is fancy red dresses of slightly different cuts there's no reason to own two nearly identical but somewhat different dresses as someone who doesn't own a dress it actually did get on my radar just because <laughs> I kind of was I mean you know Lacey's good looking so I was kind of just you know you kind of noticed that kind of thing but why would anybody like I kind of hope that she does just have a closet full of like red dresses that are just like a little bit different than all the others. Yeah, that would be amazing. I my guess is it's got to be, you know, something in Lacey's contract. She's like, I got to wear a red dress. Yeah. Or two. Or like this is my color. Yeah. 
uh, this cut looks good to me. It's kind yeah. of like seeing Sofia Vergara on the red carpet. And it's like every dress is kind of the same in sequined yeah. mermaid bottom, but just like slight, yeah. slightly different. She should have gone the <laughs> Tiffany Haddish route and just the same dress all the time. Yeah, just truly. Because part of me was like, it's more realistic for her to just wear the same dress and then just say like, yeah, I have like one date dress. This is my one red dress that's yeah. appropriate for date night. And that's it. Um, but they're just so similar, you know? I just can't imagine justifying buying those two things. I hope she didn't go out and purchase that, especially after she was just fired. Like, I don't know where this money's all coming from. Like, she was hired by Oliver, but I don't know if you go out and can buy a dress because of that. People got to pay rent. Yeah, and speaking of, I don't, I will admit, I don't know what the real estate is like in Rome, but her home is very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I guess it's she's kind of renting in a building with other people, but it's pretty spacious and there's very beautiful artwork on the walls like it's clearly a really nice yeah place yeah um which i don't know how realistic it is on the tour guide budget but this is a common thing across tv and movies it's and like media friends everywhere. like how did friend how did all those friends characters afford all their apartments and everything you know yeah how did this recently laid off tour guide have a beautiful place with which which there seems to be like priceless artwork on the walls yeah. and everything, but a, a couple it's things. A couple things about the dates that that got me. Uh, they were on my burning questions or hot takes uh, list on here. Uh, <laughs> in the beginning, Angela wouldn't go on a date with Oliver, but she did invite him back to her house to put up the Christmas tree and make gingerbread houses. Thought that was a little weird. Even more familiar. Yeah. yeah. And then um, uh, on the date, um, Oliver just pulls out his phone, doesn't say anything, and then takes a selfie with her. I thought that was very awkward. I agree. I saw some fans because, of course, I did tune in for Christmas uh, in Rome live so I could see what the other Hallmarkies Humble were Greg. tweeting at the time. Yes, I was available at 5 p.m. on a Saturday to do this. <laughs> um, and a lot of people said it was cute. And I'm not against. I guess the, the they liked the sentiment of like he wanted to capture the moment to remember it forever, um, which I guess kind of parallels how this movie, there are lots of little nuggets that parallel Roman holiday with Audrey Hepburn, the idea of like her whole trip being documented photographically so she'll never forget it. Um, but if I was on a date, kind of a first or second date with someone and they just silently pulled out their fun phone it's already early in for a selfie yeah but like silently pulled down and didn't say hey how about we get a photo or i want to remember this trip forever let's take a selfie or i'm testing out the new night camera on the iphone 11 yeah. <laughs> it's really good quality whatever your line is it was very weird and silent for them yeah, to for take no a context at all and just pulls it out like it felt like what was supposed to be their first kiss instead it was their first selfie and that yeah. That just was red flags for me. Yeah. In 2019, maybe that's what it is first. Like, do we take a good selfie together? If so, then maybe you get a kiss. Maybe I try that on my next that's date. Oh, we try first. But yeah, the weird silent selfie move was very strange. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so the two of them are getting to know each other a little bit more. They're uh, hopefully circling around that ceramics company acquisition and then the only other thing kind of added in is that Lacey is now considering having her own private tour company and her old boss does see her out giving a tour to Oliver slash Sam Page and he gets very jealous that she's moved on and is clearly doing a good job with her tour company yeah forget all the you know probably legal stuff that's going on with poisoning somebody and you know losing somebody on her trip they want her back she's good at what she does apparently so yeah uh what I really liked was, you know, you, you get to see more of Oliver's character, though. He he really starts selling her as a as a tour guide and everything, and he does a really good job of it. He's You see it in multiple occasions. So that's where Oliver maybe needs 
a little more street smarts, but he is a good salesman. You see it throughout the movie. Yeah, and in fact, one of the early moves he does while kind of like wooing her, but I guess he's also, he's being friendly and nice in it, but he, she says something like, oh, I've thought about maybe starting my own business, but I don't know. And he says like, well, why don't you just make a business plan? And then he promptly goes home back to the hotel and sends her a business plan via email in like 10 minutes. And it's a multi-page <laughs> detailed document. And he does it professionally, obviously, but I've thought... Like, wow, that is something very unique to think to get to know somebody. And they say, I wrote an entire plan for your future business. Yeah, for a guy that doesn't know about cultural differences, he can paint amazingly with the ornament. (laughs) He can put together a business plan in a matter of minutes, which I don't know how he's, like I said, I don't know how much time he has for this. Like, I need to start getting on his organizational plan, you know, give me his calendar. At one point, he makes a gingerbread house coliseum. A coliseum. Which is very impressive, and it wasn't like a Trader Joe's kit. Like, these were baked gingerbread pieces that he was sculpting into. It it was pretty impressive, and then we get one of the lines of the whole movie, you know, the fall of Rome when it crumbles and everything. Yeah, which is great. All right, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. And we are back. I am joined by Lance Cartelli from TV Guide Survivor Brothers. And we are talking about Hallmark's Christmas in Rome. Uh, So as I mentioned, there's not really a ton of conflict in this movie. The two of them are getting to know each other. They're enjoying Rome. We're wondering if Oliver will acquire this business on behalf of his corporate overlords and his boss who never leaves her desk. And I think she changes outfits, but I don't even know. But she only shot scenes in that one chair. I hope it was just a bunch of red dresses that she was wearing. Yeah, that she's just like cycling through. Um, So we see him getting closer to that. And Lacey wants to start her own business and get investors. But really, nothing is super stressful we kind of know where everything's going to go. And in between, in terms of their relationship, they pretty much get along the whole time, even when I think um, Oliver might be a little too work obsessed at times. She kind of just like... She's okay with it. Is fine with it. Yeah. yeah. She knows what she's getting into. Um, and that the fact that there might be some long distance if they want to try and make, you know, take things to the next level. Um, but even with that, they kind of know what they're getting into. It's not like it's a surprise. Yeah. I thought they would sprinkle in a little more conflict because in the setup, you could tell that Oliver is obsessed with work and everything and his world's about to open up and stuff. But in the middle, they kind of really just get along and they fall in love or whatever in three days or whatever. But yeah, they didn't bring in any of the long distance stuff at all, really. If they just kind of put in a scene or two in the middle, it really would have paid off more, I think, in the end. Yeah, because it's pretty low stakes. Like we're just watching two people get to know each other and then we are pretty sure what's going to happen at the end on the way we're enjoying how Rome looks and all the beautiful sights. I did not realize some of it was Romania, but maybe that was just all the interior stuff. Who knows? (laughs) It was probably like the one, like all the hotel shots or like anything inside a room probably. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to Rome, so it was all a learning experience for me. But I, I feel like I've seen a lot of things shot in Rome and it is always at that fountain at Trevi Fountain. So as far as I'm aware, that's 
the one hot spot you want to make sure you hit first um, because it's in everything. Um, and then we get to the end of the movie and uh, Oliver's way of showing he cares is that he paints Angela a hand-painted ornament at Luigi's business at the ceramics like company. a masterpiece this isn't like some it's really nice. like <laughs> like something that i would paint like a stick figure on there or anything this thing is super nice this guy he's in the wrong career you like be an art guy that sells your own art you know if you can do art yeah he, do sales. he makes a hand-painted christmas ornament which is very delicate and on each side it shows the sites that he saw with her her quote-unquote hidden gems which are like the five hottest yep. spots you can see in rome and it's gorgeous and i feel like this does come up in a few Hallmark movies where people will give a creative or thoughtful gift and it just so happens that a lot of the storylines in these movies everyone is just amazingly professionally talented at things I've seen a Hallmark film or two where someone whittles something casually out of wood (laughs) that is like amazing they just turn into Ron Swanson and just whittle everything yeah and this was like an absolute work of art that he just casually makes for her to prove his love uh, and feelings for her um, and he does find out that he is getting the company for Lu- from Luigi, which, again, is like what you've been assuming will happen the whole movie. And you, I guess, want to happen. But again, it does feel weird because it's not like one of those we're saving the local business storylines that's really common. It's the, all right, your corporation is buying this man's family business that's been in his family for yeah, how generations. Happy, <laughs> how happy can you feel that, you know, you're taking this small business that's probably just going to be you know, capitalized. Chopped up and sold. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And like Luigi obviously cares about it. It's a family business and stuff. And just to sell it to to people that he doesn't even really know. And that's another thing where they could have used a little bit more conflict because in the middle, again, Luigi and them are kind of getting along and there isn't really too much of them butting heads over the the workings of the deal. Yeah, there's a little bit of judging in the beginning of the fact that Oliver doesn't seem to know the customs, but Luigi isn't really hard on him at all about no. it. Angela just kind of smooths things over and makes him look good. Um, but we could have used a little bit of that or maybe even a thread of like, did the corporation want to do something to the business? Like try and sell it or upgrade it or do something and then Oliver comes in and takes a stand or helps them out that that whole like save the business it needs help storyline wasn't really there yeah and that would have been more motivation for Oliver then to stay in Rome and run the business so that would all make sense yeah so he does end up taking a position where he will be working out of Rome on behalf of his corporation for this business that they've acquired Um, and Lacey goes back and forth and if she should skip town or not if she's not going to end up with her guy but but she stays. Of course. So um, I do have one thing to say. This, I don't know about you, but this relationship, obviously it's very condensed and it happens quick, but it's way too fast. I don't even care for if it being <laughs> like a Hallmark movie. It's it's crazy fast. She got him a framed photo. He obviously made her that piece of art. It, you know, sweet and a little creepy. But And they're already talking about <laughs> spending Christmas together all before they even have that first kiss. You know, they had the first selfie, but not even a first kiss yet. Yes. And she is disappointed when he mentions he might not be able to stay in town, which she knows from the get-go he's only there for a week. And again, I think it's like four days that he says he has to try and close this deal. And his yeah. boss is calling him constantly. In some of these films, we do get a little bit more lead time of, okay, it's the two weeks leading up to the town Christmas festival. I could even buy like maybe two weeks of hanging out with someone every day. They'd get there, but this turns into a I'm moving to this city for you. Yeah. This feels fast. like it feels like uh when two reality stars fall in love like inside a house or something. Yeah. And then 
you know, which you know a lot about. Exactly. Survivor, yeah. big brother expert right yeah, here. Subscribe. Yeah. But, um, it, but it feels like that. And then once they hit the real world, it's probably going to be over. I, my question for you is, uh, does this relationship last to the next Christmas? Oh, goodness. Wow. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Wow. The optimist in you. I like it. Um, I feel like these two folks were we're just meant for each other and we're waiting to find each other. They seem to live in their own little bubble in Rome, um, which again is why I feel like I'd hire a different tour guide. They just seem like yeah. two Americans functioning. Um, and they're kind of the only two ones we meet in Rome too. So I know others exist, but it makes it seem like there's just this bubble around them while they go and see all the different sites together. Um, so I feel like it will last because he's moving there for her. And it sounds like she has been on her own since her Seattle breakup where she left the country and went to Rome to start a new life. Um, and they both seem like catches. Yeah, She's starting her own business and has some big angel investors and he's getting a promotion at work and moving to Rome. So yeah. they both have it going on. Yeah, and he's got the business side, she's got the Rome and tour guide side. If he just wants to like quit and become like an artist he could do that apparently so yeah i, I think i'm with you they, yeah. they can make it they kind of introduce his quote-unquote flaw early in which i guess would be being very into work yeah. which is kind of like a strength or a flaw depending on how you look at it with any of these characters like it's okay to be into your job but how into your job are you yeah um they introduce it early and even though he gets a little bit better about work-life balance she's never really that judgmental of him for loving his job too much so if anything she accepts him from the get-go when he's on his phone all the time and anytime he takes a phone call she's like yeah that's fine just yeah, take it that's what i was gonna say is so it's she's cool with the it. middle of anything it's like oh your phone's ringing go ahead i don't care yeah so if you're with someone that just says like oh you kind of work a lot but i'm okay with the fact that you work a lot take the call yeah then she's already accepted she really is a catch from the get -go. like i from the women I've dated, that's not cool. And there's a lot of other things that aren't cool that she would have been cool with. So, yeah. The silent selfie. Yeah. I'll never forget the <laughs> silent selfie. <laughs> that's my that's my next move now. That's how I judge somebody. Um, I think the only other minor thing that really stuck out to me toward the end was she, uh, Lacey wants to go find Oliver before he flies out of Rome because she thinks he's leaving Rome that night. And the two American investors tell her, you're going to have to find a way to get to this Christmas festival tree lighting thing because traffic's going to be crazy and Lacey says that's okay I have a Vespa and she gets on a Vespa and then the other two characters get on Vespas because it's Roman it's a thing um, you and needed then, Vespas yeah and then they proceed to drive on completely empty streets on their Vespas <laughs> to a lot, the a lot of festival. traffic I thought that was interesting and then him having like her giving him a GPS thing so she just knows where he's at all time another weird but lovely thing, I guess. Yeah, she puts a GPS tracking device on him because she never wants to lose someone on her tour again. Like the rugby guy. Yeah, um, which I guess is cute. But it was it was strange. And yeah. also you can kind of just do that. Get the Find My Friends iPhone app or something. There's like other ways to do, track people. That's true. But the phone did go in the water. So true. that was the I mean, no plot hole there. Yeah. So putting the tracking device on him was a little weird, yeah. but um, she should have like sneakily done it, like pat him on, like during a hug, pat him on the back and put it on like in like a Mission Impossible kind of way. Yeah, I was Mission Impossible. I was hoping for a Mission Impossible fallout situation oh with the Vespa racing scene. Oh, my God. That would have been awesome. Tom <laughs> like, Cruise just runs on in. Tom Cruise on the bike. But yeah, it was a bit more low stakes and there was no traffic and they made it just in time to the tree lighting. But nobody broke a, an ankle or a leg like Tom did. So maybe this is for Not the better. Not that we know of, no. So that was really nice. But yeah, I guess what we've established with this movie, like so many others, is things move fast. 
Um, but as long as both characters are on the same page, then it's okay. Yeah, because if one of them was moving very fast, it becomes very weird yes. and awkward and not a Hallmark movie. And these movies are not about that. Yes. But we did call out, you know, on a former episode when I covered um, Chad Michael Murray's Right Before Christmas, it opens with the lead character of Tori DeVito moving way too fast with her eye doctor boyfriend and he's not into it. But then when she falls for Chad Michael Murray, they know each other for an afternoon and they fall really fast. So it just seems like they mutually agreed, like, my pace is I want to fall in love in an afternoon. You know, people people go at their own pace and everything, so you got to respect that. But it's identifying that pace is always the hardest part. Yeah. So as long as these two people agree, like, two to three days is enough, put a tracking device on me, take a selfie with me Spend without Christmas asking. With me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, then, you know, do as long as you're both consenting adults that agree that moving that fast is good power to you it seems like they have no boundaries which could be good in rome yeah um so lance at the end of each of these episodes we like to rate um between one and five what we thought of this movie um based on the beautiful gift that oliver makes for Lacey, and also what must be his new side hustle between one and five hand painted ornaments how would you rate hallmark's christmas in rome do I get like, is there like decimal scoring or do I have to pick like an actual full number? You can pick any form of math you find appropriate. All right. I'm not good at math, but I'm going to go with uh, 3.8. 3.8. 3.8. All right. I, uh, you know, I like the message, you know, don't take life too seriously. Uh, you know, enjoy the moment. Don't work too hard. Things like that. And I did come in thinking it was going to be very awful. And it wasn't very awful. So it, you know, surpassed my my uh, expectations. So a solid 3.8. You came in requesting that we do this film, saying you're a Lacey fan and expecting it to be awful. <laughs> to be fair, I go into everything expecting everything to be awful. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of my way of life. And so everything surpasses my expectations. Well, Lance, between one and five hand-painted ornaments... Christmas in Rome, you know, I feel like I've seen pieces of this movie in many other movies, mm -hmm. like every other movie that's ever been made about Rome. This is a version of it. Yeah. Um, would I put it up there with a Roman holiday? I don't know. Roman <laughs> holiday didn't happen at Christmas. But this movie, we get a mix of pe tourists wearing both T-shirts and coats. Like, they're trying to figure out if it's a Christmas movie. Uh, we hear some carols. We see numerous red dresses on Lacey that all look amazing. Yeah, they um, do. She gets within like two to three days gets a man who's moving up in his career to give everything up in New York and move to Rome for her and paint her an ornament to which I say you go lazy <laughs> um, and they make fruitcake almost look edible and interesting so for that I give Christmas in Rome five out of five wow. hand painted ornaments so it's the perfect Hallmark movie the perfect Hallmark Christmas movie all of these movies are great <laughs> Great answer. It's another winner in a different way. I mean, how can you? We've seen so many small town movies, which again, I love this season, but this is the Rome movie. This is the destination movie. It's an escapist movie where maybe when you do go abroad and meet a foreign businessman, you do fall in love in two days. I don't know. I don't know what Roman rules are. I've I never mean, been. I'm trying to book a flight out there so I can meet somebody and fall in love in a couple of days. Yeah. And you got plenty of time. You have three weeks until Christmas. That's perfect. Lisa can make it work in three days. I just got to learn how to paint an ornament by then. Absolutely. Well, Lance, we appreciate you joining 
joining us today on All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at All I Want Pod to see which holiday movies we are streaming next. And until next time, happy holidays. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.